and welcome to the Word of Life Church Podcast. We're delighted you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We believe that today's message has the power to inspire and elevate your faith journey. Before we dive in, we'd like to express our heartfelt thanks to our partners. Your generous contributions make it possible for us to continue spreading the gospel, serving our community, and carrying out our ministry. If today's episode moves you and you'd like to be a part of our mission, we'd invite you to become a partner. Your support has an everlasting impact and allows us to reach even more souls. Now, let's turn our hearts and our minds to the Word as we begin today's episode. I want to say a big hello and Merry Christmas, not just to everyone here at Lakeland, but to everyone here at all of our campuses. Can we at Lakeland give it up for all of our other campuses? Hey, Highland Colony, Vondren, Poindexter, everyone watching online, everyone watching by Fox, we just honor you. And we are so thankful for each and every one of you. And I am so thankful as a pastor that you would bring your families to church on Christmas. Uh, Now, I know all of you like getting gifts on Christmas. I I don't know of one single person who doesn't. And so maybe today at one of our campuses, we have the privilege of giving you your very first gift on Christmas. We have a free gift for all of our visitors at all of our campuses. Make sure when you're exiting that you go out and you tell people this is your first time at our welcome centers. Uh, There at Fondren, it's in the back of the room. Uh, And uh, out of that, make sure you tell them this is your first time. And we'll give you a free gift at each campus. There's a different gift. Um, And let somebody know that you're there. We would love to celebrate you. We would love to honor you. Maybe some of you at each campus have brought friends or family. Uh, Make sure they get their gift. We would love to celebrate and honor them this Christmas. Uh, So God bless you. And thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, no matter where you're joining us uh, from. Uh, You know, before we do anything today, we would like to take time across all of our campuses to receive communion. And so if you're at any of our campuses and you didn't get it, uh, the elements, uh, you can just lift your hand and our ushers will begin bringing the elements to you. I believe you got them when you walked in along with that and your candle. And while you're, you're, you know, looking to make sure you have those things, um, I just want to prepare our hearts for this. Um, I've been remembering a lot lately my childhood, and I don't know specifically why. Maybe it's because I'm getting older and my kids are growing up that I'm thinking about my childhood more. I don't know. But I've been thinking about it a lot, and one of my memories that I keep remembering around Christmas is my grandmother um, giving me a big Sears and Roebuck catalog. Do any of you remember the Sears? Come on, let me hear you. Anybody remember? Those were the good old days, Blockbuster and Little Caesars. Come on, somebody, like what my childhood was made out of. But at Christmas, my grandmother, literally a month before, would give me a Sears and Roebuck catalog because she worked at Sears. Uh, For many years, she was working a cashier at Sears um, in Metro and various other places, uh, but mainly Metro Center. And so uh, out of that, she would work there, and she would come home with this Sears and Roebuck catalog and tell me to circle the things that I wanted for Christmas. And I can remember, like, you know, going through those pages multiple times, and I think I circled everything. And she's like, you know, now, Joel, just remember, you're not going to get it all. Like, you can only get a couple of the things, so give me options. 
But my grandmother would almost always get me it all. Uh, She could not stop her heart from spoiling her grandchildren. And I've been thinking a lot about that um, recently, of, of just her goodness towards me. And one of the things I've learned in life is like you can't control life, but you can control what you remember. And you must always keep your thought life under your control and to bring the good into remembrance. And when I think about my my grandmother, I'm going to go see her today. Um, She's um, in assisted living. Uh, She has dementia. Like, I'm going to do my best to call to her remembrance how wonderful she was to me. But I, I don't know if it's so much about me being able to get her to remember. I think so much more it's about me being able to remember and me being mindful of the sacrifice she had for me. Uh, My grandmother changed our family. She brought Jesus to it. And I'm thankful for all of those gifts from Sears and Roebuck. And I will not forget them. But the thing that I am most thankful for is that my grandmother had a revelation that of all the things she could give me and give my family, give her sons, that there was something better than just natural physical things. That the greatest thing she could give us was a legacy and a love of Jesus. And I'm not just talking about coming to church. I'm not just talking about going through the motions and having religion. I'm talking about a true love for him a devotion for him and instilling that in her children and then helping instill it in us. And so I I, want to bring myself to remembrance of that, but that's also what we're doing with communion. Uh, Paul wrote something very interesting in the book of 1 Corinthians. They'll put it up on the screens. Watch what he says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 on the screen behind me, maybe, and there we go, verse 23, he says, for I've received of the Lord that which also I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do, now watch this, do this in remembrance of me. Well, do what? Break the bread. Notice, when he had given thanks, uh, if you can go back, verse 24, and when he'd give thanks, he broke it, And said, this is my body, which is for you, do this. What is this? Break the bread. Well, why are we breaking the bread? In remembrance. I'm calling myself to remembrance of him. I'm calling myself to remembrance of his sacrifice. It's good that he remembers. It's even better if I do. That I call myself into remembrance of what Jesus did for me. And then it keeps going here in verse 25. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So uh, with the cup, we're drinking it. When we're, we're drinking it, it's not just juice. It's not just tradition. We're remembering the truth that it was his blood that was poured out for us. And in the the middle of all that's going on in our Christmas season, I know that there's lots that we're thinking about of what are we eating and what are we getting and all of those things. But I think it would serve us well to remember, uh, all of us, that the greatest gift we have ever received or will ever receive is not something that is in our future, but actually something that is in our past. 
And that is the gift of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, whose body was broken for us and whose blood was shed for us. And it literally changed the course of the world. That here we are, we have so many people, they don't even know what they're celebrating. But yet he is in the middle of the name, Christ in Christmas. It changed the world. And I know for sure it changed mine. And so across all of our campuses, we want to receive communion. The first thing that we'll do is we'll pray over the bread. When we pray over the bread, we are going to break the wafer before we eat it. When we break the wafer, what we're doing is remembering his broken body. And the reason why we're remembering it is to not just say thank you, but to invite his power into our life. And wherever you're at right now, I want you, when you break that wafer, to use it as a moment of faith where you invite healing into whatever area of your life needs healing. That his body was broken so that your life does not have to be. And I believe no matter what you're facing that is broken, God is big enough to mend it back together. And so what we want to do today is just to invite his healing into those broken places. Maybe it's something going on in your physical body. Maybe it's something going on in your marriage. Maybe it's something going on in your family or with one of your children. Something is broken. Do this. What? Break the body. Why? In remembrance of him. And we are remembering his sacrifice where his body was broken so that our lives do not have to be. So we'll pray over that first and have a moment of faith. After we consume the wafer at all of our campuses, uh, then we'll pray over the, uh, the juice, which is symbolic of the blood of Jesus. And at that moment, we'll pray that everything in the past is washed away and a new season is beginning in our lives because of the sacrifice of Jesus. That I no longer, this Christmas, I no longer have to be enslaved by any shame or guilt. That I can receive the gift of forgiveness for everything up to this point. That no matter how bad the mistake may be, it is all under the blood of Jesus. Jesus, and when the Father sees me, he doesn't see me in my sin, he sees me in Christ. Because what can wash away all of my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So we receive the juice in remembrance of that blood, and we forgive ourselves, and we proclaim a new day in our lives, and a new day in our families. Amen? Amen. Let's pray over uh, the bread. Father, we come before you. We love you today and we thank you that your body was broken for us. And when we take these wafers and break it before we consume it, what we're saying, Father, is we remember your sacrifice for us. And we say today, Father, because your body was broken, our lives do not have to be. Father, we thank you. We receive healing for our physical bodies. We receive healing for our families. We receive healing for our lives. Father, we thank you that today, even by the hand of your power, no matter what people are wrestling with here today that is trying to break them or has broken them, it is not greater than what you did for us in this life. Father, we thank you. Your body was broken so that nothing in our lives has to remain that way. Father, I thank you that today we release your healing into our lives. Father, right now we just release your healing power into our bodies. That even people right now who are wrestling with ailments or are things um, hindering their physical bodies, we thank you, Father. It is broken. By the power of the Lord Jesus. Jesus, you are risen. 
You are alive and you are our Savior. Manifest your healing power. Manifest your goodness in the lives of your people. Father, we thank you for the broken body of Jesus. And we receive it in faith. In Jesus' name, amen. You can receive of the wafer. Now let's pray over the juice. Father, we come before you and I thank you for each and every person who's here. And Father, across all of our campuses right now, we just pray this prayer together. Just repeat after me across all of our campuses if you want to. Say this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you. Jesus died for me, rose again, and I declare him as my Lord. Jesus, you are my Lord and your blood was shed for me so that I could be free. Not just free from sin, but free from shame. So no longer will I allow my past to have any control over me. I renounce it. That is not who I am. It is not what will define me or my family any longer. I am a child of God and the blood of Jesus sets me free from all sin and all shame. And I say boldly, because of Jesus and his love for me, my best days are beginning right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Receive the blood of Jesus today. By drinking of the juice, we bring ourselves in remembrance that the blood of Jesus has set us free. This is the message of Christmas, that God so loved the world that he sent Jesus to die for you so that God would not have to condemn the world, but through Jesus, all of us could be saved. It took a a baby wrapped in a manger, but that baby became a man, and we celebrate his life, and we honor his birth today. To do so, we want to tell you the Christmas story, but we want to do it in a way that's also fun and uh, provides life. So I want to invite all of our campuses to turn your attention to the screen as we hear from the book of Luke about the Christmas story. It was on a cold, seemingly ordinary night that light shined through the darkness. The promise of the birth of a king had been told from one generation to the next and was soon coming. Mary was visited by the angel Gabriel. He explained that God was to send his son to earth for mankind and that Mary would soon have a baby, a son who would be named Jesus and who would come divinely from God. The angel departed and Mary went to greet her cousin Elizabeth. At the moment Mary spoke, the baby within Elizabeth leapt, and suddenly she was filled with the Holy Spirit, knowing what was to come. In those days, the Roman emperor issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Everyone was to return to their ancestral home to be accounted for. Among them was Mary, 
and Joseph who were with child, and they began their journey to Bethlehem. Unfortunately, when they arrived in Bethlehem, it was incredibly busy. All the rooms at the inns were full. There was nothing left but a stable to bring the Savior of the world to life. Mary gave birth to Jesus that very night in the stable. She wrapped the newborn baby in white cloth and laid him to sleep in a manger filled with hay. Despite these lowly circumstances, on this extraordinary night, Jesus was born, and creation experienced pure wonder and joy. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks. When an angel appeared to them and said that the Son of God had been born in the city, and they should go to him. The shepherds left their herds and came down from the hillside to find the newborn baby. And far away in the east, three wise men saw a bright star light the sky. They took the bright star as a sign that a new king had been born and began to follow it. Eventually, they reached Bethlehem. They knelt before the baby and offered gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. For the Savior of the world had been born, and he is wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Yes, we can celebrate that. Uh, I love the book of Luke so much. Luke um, was a physician, uh, you know, and in spite of what many people think, he's not one of the disciples. <laughs> he became a follower of the Lord Jesus, though, through the message of the disciples and others, and went and investigated the report of Jesus to see if it was true. And he became a Christ follower, and God used his intellect as a doctor to write a very thorough gospel. And so I want to encourage you, like when you're reading the book of Luke, and I encourage you to read the Christmas story uh, with your families tomorrow. But when you're reading the book of Luke, look at the examples, the names and the places. This is important because what we're teaching and what we believe is not a theory, it's history. Um, and even some of the genealogies that we skip over, for us, they might not have any meaning to you. But for the audience, they're writing, oh, I know him. And I know him and I know her and I've heard of him. And so he's tying all these mo moments of truths together that, that really create evidence, um, even for people who may be more logical thinkers. And so the Bible is so neat in that way. Uh, so I love the book of Luke. Um, just real quickly before we do the candlelight service, I want to talk to you about it. Uh, Paul wrote something very interesting in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2. They'll put it up on the screens. I actually saw this verse of scripture in new light when I was studying for the communion part of this uh, service. He said, now I praise you because you remember me in everything. Now watch this. And hold firmly to the traditions just as I deliver them unto you. You hold firmly to the traditions just as I deliver them unto you. Um, every family has tradition. Every nation has traditions. Every subculture, honestly, has traditions. Um, many of you during Christmas have many traditions. I know my family does. One of our big traditions is what we're doing right now on Christmas Eve, having a Christmas Eve service where we receive communion and later, you know, have a candlelight service. It's, it's probably, honestly, my favorite uh, Christmas tradition. Uh, that we have as a family. And then typically on Christmas Eve, once that's over, we'll go home and we'll do stockings uh, tonight. Anybody else do stockings on Christmas night? Okay. Who are the people in here that open up one present on, on Christmas Eve? 
Okay, yes. Uh, have you ever uh, opened up more than one just because you couldn't help yourselves? We did that one Christmas and then woke up the next morning and it's like, what did we do? Um, and all those types of things. But on, on Christmas Eve, we do stockings um, and uh, eat a lot of cookies. My wife makes cookies for Christmas Eve. Uh, and on Christmas Day, the kids, of course, open up their presents. We do the Christmas story, a Christmas brunch. On Christmas Day, we all go see a movie as a family and then come home and eat frozen pizzas. Uh, that's just a tradition that started out of necessity uh, because Christmas Day came and it's like, there's nothing to eat. And we're like, we got frozen pizza. It became a thing. And, and so now that's what we do every Christmas Day. We eat frozen pizzas. Uh, and then on Christmas, um, the day after Christmas, we do something called Family Olympics where everyone comes in on my wife's side and competes for prizes and games. It is wild uh, and lots of fun. But I, I credit so strongly my wife uh, for all of these traditions. Um, at, her core is family. And these traditions are designed not just to have moments, but to be carriers of truth that family is so important to us that we do life together and we do life as family. And she really is the glue that holds not just our family together, but really her family together. I mean, it's, it's a wonderful thing. But out of that, these traditions are things that our family looks forward to every year. Uh, they're things that call to remembrance, um, things that are important to us. And one of the things that we have in Christianity is traditions as well. And, of course, at Christmas, there's a lot of traditions that we have as a culture. And some of these things are, are wonderful. Um, but one of my concerns is, is that tradition, when it's at its best, is a carrier of truth. That traditions pass truth from one generation to the next. And the tradition can become a very helpful way of remembering the truth. That when I do that, I remember this. And one of the things that he's writing to them in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 is that they were remembering the tradition but forgetting the truth. And so he's writing, and we just read out of it, about communion, and he's writing to them and he begins to correct them, that they were coming into the temple and consuming the bread and drinking the, the juice simply because they were hungry and thirsty. And so while technically they're keeping the tradition, they're not putting themselves in remembrance of the truth, and he's writing to them that this is dangerous. Because when the, the tradition becomes more important than the truth, the tradition can actually become a dangerous thing. When the tradition becomes more important than the truth, the tradition can actually become dangerous. And around Christmas, there's so many traditions that many of us have. And so many of these traditions that we have, honestly, now at this point, have no rev relevance to the truth whatsoever. Um, that so much of what we call Christmas is not linked to anything about Christ. That it's become about other things. And if you doubt that, just drive around and, and look at who's the central figure. Um, in neighborhoods, in lawns, and all of these other types of things. Because we have traditions, but we honor the traditions many, sometimes much more than we do the truth. And that can be dangerous, because the thing that's dangerous about it is the next generation is the next generation is receiving from the generation before it what it deems is important. And we have these moments in our society that are wonderful moments. Um, we have uh, many holidays that call into our remembrance traditions. 
Um, the three that I think would be biggest would be Christmas, Easter, and Thanksgiving. Um, two out of three of these uh, traditions uh, really preceded America. Thanksgiving is kind of an American subculture thing. It would be our tradition to come together around a table and give thanks. Um, but Easter and Christmas are something that are universal. And these did not begin as holidays. Um, the world has made it a holiday where it's become about us. We get off and we exchange uh, gifts with each other, which is, is wonderful. It's wonderful to have rest, and it's, it's wonderful to receive love from family. Uh, but the, the origin of Christmas was not a holiday. The origin of Christmas was a holy day. Um, and somehow, even with, with Easter, it became about a bunny and eggs and a holiday of like the kids get off on Friday and, and that type of thing. They don't have to go to school and banks are closed and those types of things. Well, why? It's a, a holiday. But it didn't begin and begin as a holiday. It began as a holy day. And the difference between a holy day and a holiday is a holiday is about us. A holy day is about him. And I, I often wonder, like, if, if the, the wise men that we just read about in Luke or if the shepherds that we just, you know, saw in the Christmas story based off of Luke could look at what it's become, what they would say it, uh, about it. Because in, in both of these moments, for the wise men and the shepherds, there was this awe and this majesty of who he was and this thankfulness that this family had brought him into the world. And this is the, the origin of why the candlelight uh, part of service is so critically important to me. And I, I do say critically for a reason. That it is so much more than us just lighting candles across all of our sanctuaries. It is us putting ourselves in remembrance of a truth that is symbolized through tradition. And it, it, it is a very important tradition at the, the Christmas season. When um, the, the candlelight portion of the service starts, you will see that the, the room kind of sits in darkness. And then one light begins to form. And then that light is passed from one person to the next. And that which did not have light now does. I want you, when we're doing the candlelight part of the service, I want you to really center your heart on what we're exactly doing, because it's, it's the heart behind the Christian message. It's, in all of our lives before Christ, we sat in darkness, and that there are still moments in our lives where hope sometimes leaves our souls because of the, the obstacles and the pain and the hurt that this world often leaves us with. Many times, life can feel very dark. But Jesus, Jesus with his great love and Jesus with his great compassion came rushing in. And those that sat in darkness now see a great light. And when I think about this, I think about my grandmother. Of, my grandmother didn't have really a generation before her that really served the Lord. But she saw the dysfunction of that and made a decision to invite light into her life. And this woman, years ago... Um, made Jesus her personal Lord and Savior, and light came into the world. And it changed your heart. It's, it's very interesting. I was going through some of her stuff the other day, and in going through her stuff, I saw a, a note that her husband wrote her. 
And the note that he wrote her was the light that she was bringing to him in the family. And he knew that that light was coming from the Lord Jesus. And what was very dysfunctional became very peaceful, joyful, and loving because she brought Jesus into that unit. And when you're lighting the candle, I want you to have a moment tonight where you think about Jesus. And I want you to think about what he's actually done for you. I want you to think about the forgiveness he's brought you. I want you to think about the grace that he has brought you. I want you to think about the patience he has given you. How many of you the Lord has been so patient with? I know, yes, yes and amen uh, for me. I, I genuinely want you to think about it. Uh, imagine on your birthday everyone giving gifts to each other and no one giving you anything. <laughs> Well, somebody says, well, what could we give the Lord? Well, whatever you do unto the least of these, you do unto the Lord. So that's one way of giving the Lord a gift on Christmas is by exchanging gifts with each other. Let that be the heart behind it. But one thing you can give God the gift of is the gift of gratitude. Do you remember the one leper who came back and gave thanks? That was a gift unto Jesus and it ministered to his heart. And when we're lighting these candles and singing the carols, I want you to, to give thanks unto the Lord Jesus for what he's done for you. I want you to have a moment where you really do look at the warmth and the joy that he's brought to your life. And like the leper, you come back and give him the gift of thanks. Don't let it just be a tradition of lighting a candle that you don't remember the truth. Let's make this the, the backbone of what Christmas is all about. It's about Christ. It's about God so loved the world that he stepped into it to bring light into my personal darkness. Secondly, I want you to remember the person who gave you that light. Uh, all over this room, here's what I know. You did not find Christ on your own. Someone helped you find your way there. It could have been a, a pastor, could have been a preacher, could have been a friend. But for most of us, it was a relative, it was a parent, it was a grandmother, it was a grandfather, that you didn't get your light by accident. Um, someone passed you that. And, and out of that, who is that person? I want you to give thanks unto them. And maybe even this Christmas, the best gift you could give them is not something new, but give them the gift of remembrance. That you come to them and you say, thank you. Um, at the 8.30 service at Highland Colony, my father-in-law was there. Uh, they just celebrated 50 years of marriage. Um, and yes, we, yeah, we can celebrate that. And so they gave me the first candle to light the candles with. And, you know, that kind of thing, which I thought was cool. But I went and I gave it to my father-in-law. And I'm like, I'd like for you to light my candle. Because I, I look at my wife and the beauty of Christ that is in her. And I know she didn't get that apart from him. She got that because of him. And so I wanted him to light my fame candle. And I kissed him on his cheek and just told him, thank you. Thank you for living for Jesus. Thank you for showing what 50 years of commitment to Jesus looks like, even in the context of marriage. See, that's a gift. And I want you to position your heart of like, you're going to get a lot of things from people tomorrow. I'm, I'm sure you're, you're going to get somebody, you know, or even that random regifted present uh, that you, you know, you're going to get something, uh, you know, and, and, and out of that, like, that's great. But what if we could give the gift of remembrance to the people who introduced us to Christ 
And just remember, I didn't get my light for Jesus in and of myself. Someone gave me that. And let me say thank you to them. And then thirdly, you will pass your light to someone else. And what if during Christmas we could not just give our children gifts? What if during Christmas we could give our children the focus of Jesus? That knowing that I I will light your candle for the Lord and I will do my best to, to leave a heritage of faith. One of the things that I've been very mindful of is this, is I cannot control my heritage, but I can control my legacy. And you can't control all the generations that came before you. And some of you, like me, when you look at the generations that came before you, you are abundantly thankful for what they left for you. Um, And that is wonderful, and today we have much to give thanks for. But maybe some of you, you don't have that. Like before you, there's not a lot of people who serve the Lord. Like my grandmother, uh, before her, there were not a lot of people who were like adamant Christ followers. She couldn't control her heritage, but she made a decision to control her legacy. And now her legacy is not just her sons becoming pastors and her grandson preaching the gospel of Jesus and her granddaughter moving to Portland, Oregon of all places to plant a church, but her great-grandchildren worshiping the Lord Jesus. Her great-grandchildren passing their light on to others. One of the greatest gifts that I got this year was watching two of my daughter's friends be water baptized because of her witness for Christ in their life. Because if I could go back in my teenage years and do anything different, it would be to profess Jesus more. But I, I see, when I see those things, I don't want to just be mindful of like me giving Jesus to my children. I want to be mindful that I could not give what I did not have. And that this came from my father and it came from my mother and it came from them because their fathers and their mothers passed it on. And what am I passing to this generation? What are you passing to your children? And please, this Christmas, let it be more than a gift. Let it be more than just something that is wrapped under a tree. Let it be Jesus himself and make a decision to proclaim Jesus in your home, Jesus in your family. That the truth of this season is even greater than the traditions that culture has tried to make this season all about. So today, let's have a moment where our hearts are centered on what we'll be doing tonight, tomorrow, with family and friends. And that is many traditions, but let all of them be done with the truth of the gift that Jesus gave us. Let us give unto each other because Jesus first gave unto us. Let us rejoice with our children. Let us overlook the flaws of family just like Christ overlooks ours. And let's give thanks to Jesus and to the ones who gave us that amazing gift and make a decision to give that gift as many times as we can to every person we meet and to especially our children.
Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Jesus and for his great, wonderful love for us. We thank you, Father, that Jesus is what this is all about. And Father, we give thanks today for the people who told us about him. We give thanks today for the people who showed us him. May he be glorified today. May he be honored. And may he be forever praised. In Jesus' name. Amen.